1: Thank you.
2: Everybody and welcome to a very special edition of the What's Good Games podcast. Typically, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. But today, because it is the holiday season, it is the return of the What's Good Game Awards. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Ho ho ho, bitch! (laughs) (laughs) um can we just call out for a second that both you and i without coordinating this is true wore our playstation holiday sweaters that we got at was that the last psx that ever happened it was Yep. I think it was. Yeah. And we're joined in studio by Danny Pena and Rihanna Manuel. Hello.
0: Hello. We're
2: back. We're back. I'm so glad to have you guys back for our special episodes. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. You guys have had a very eventful couple of weeks. If you guys have been under a rock for the month of December, G4 is officially back. You guys are officially launched. Congratulations on getting out the door. It's been about a month now that you've been on air. Yeah. Yeah, launch
1: was launch wow. was November 16th right before Thanksgiving in the states and we've been very busy since then and yes. uh, looking forward to taking a week off for the holiday for sure. Well,
2: I think it is a well-deserved break. And I think you guys have been doing awesome and crushing the content. And hopefully, you know, we'll get to see some cool new stuff. It must be a little bit challenging, I would imagine, trying to launch a network right in the thick of like. (laughs) review season and <laughs> holiday marketing and...
0: And during a pandemic. And all
2: that jazz, yeah. right?
1: Right? You know, we just wanted to challenge ourselves for some reason. No. <laughs> yeah, just on hard mode? I mean, yeah, just uh, always going for the gold, apparently. But, you know, the timing just worked out that way. As a lot of people know, it's really hard to do stuff in a pandemic. And, you know, there were some delays, so some things that were not planned. And yeah. we did our best to work around it and... November 16th was just the date that worked, and, and we had to to get the thing out the door, and I'm glad we actually pulled it off a little bit. Hopefully, people enjoyed it and are enjoying the content, and if you aren't, I'm sure I've been hearing about it already.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you aren't enjoying the content, keep it to yourself, okay? I am being assaulted yeah. by la- rays of light, so don't mind me. I'm going to briefly step away and shut my blinds.
2: Sure. Sure. <laughs> go for it. Um, so...
3: We do this
2: episode every year, the What's Good Game Awards. If this is your first episode of What's Good Games, welcome. Um, I feel like for several of these episodes, these last couple of months, I've been like, if this is your first episode, you're kind of our catching us off of our normal uh, rigmarole. But we love doing these episodes. I will make the caveat, it's going to be a little bit different particularly for Brittany and I this year, because of the landscape of games that we played. And we're probably going to be changing up some of the categories and keeping things loose. But really the reason why we do the What's Good Game Awards is just to talk about some of our favorite moments. These aren't necessarily the best games or the best characters, et cetera, et cetera. These are our personal wins, the things that spoke to us the most, and which I think makes
1: it a little bit more fun. Yeah, I mean, you and Brittany have obviously been very busy this year with some very important things. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think it's a a great little mix up to see like what content really got us through 2021. Yeah. The year that was uh, supposed uh,
2: to be post-pandemic but (laughs) was actually worse pandemic part two.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, no, I'm looking
1: forward to this version.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this year, there's been a lot of great games that came out this year, especially from the indie side. So I'm very curious Mm -hmm. to hear your opinions about which games you like. Can we? Okay. I can't wait.
2: It's going to be great. Uh, Before we get to that, I want to give a big thank you to our Patreon producers. That's Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, David I. Colucci, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew O'Dare, and Punctified. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you want to help support our voices in video games, you can do so at patreon.com slash what's good games. And we normally would welcome people to our Patreon community and talk about podcast reviews. But because we are pre-recording this because of the holidays, uh, we're not going to do that this time but we will be back with those in january so stay tuned for that i also want to let you know that this episode of what's good games is brought to you by hello fresh but i'll tell you more about that in just a little bit without further ado let's kick off the 2021 what's good game awards cheers everybody <laughs> cheers. cheers cheers
3: my big ass growler to yours let's go <laughs>
2: And, Brittany, because you and I are 100% the same person. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Get out. Um, we have wow. the exact wow. same. Once again, unplanned. Unplanned. Amazing. The same water bottle. Except Brittany's is the big boy, the 64 ounce, and I went with the 40,
1: 40 ounce, 48
2: ounces.
3: Mm-mm, yeah, and so, you all wonder why I'm i love it peeing. Well, I know. <laughs> it's because you are hi- properly hydrated. The um, twinning
1: is going extra hard today. It I is. Really I know. This. I
3: almost dyed my hair red, too. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, why are you wearing glasses? <laughs> oh, God. Twins. I love you.
2: All right. The first award. Now, and these are in no particular order. We're just kind of going to hop around and have some fun. Is the game of the most sleepless nights. So we love this category because it's the game that hooked you this year it's the game you stayed up late past your bedtime you had a morning meeting you were up till 4 a.m anyway because you just could not put this game down what was the game of the most sleepless nights for you danny
0: and i know rihanna you're, you're gonna say the same probably maybe hades i know it came out last year but because the game was available on game pass that was like the first time of me playing it yeah and i was playing it to like three o'clock in the morning and I go to the room. I also see Ree playing the Nintendo Switch version too. I am like, "Wait, all right, so let's talk about it." But then she, you got ahead like way ahead of me.
1: Oh yeah, I, I'm at a hundred and change now for a number of yeah. runs in eighties. Yeah. Oh wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, is uh, I still haven't finished all the storylines, so maybe it's just you know perseverance and not skill. But uh, I really do enjoy that game. Is I, there
0: an, an ending? Because I feel like there it's are a couple. There
1: are a couple ways to end storylines. Yeah, okay. but there's several. Uh, And I have not seen most of them yet. Uh, I'll get there. I think Hades is definitely probably the one I clocked the most sleepless nights, but the one that really came to mind was actually Halo Infinite. Okay. Mm.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, we've had some nights where it's like, okay, one more game, and then just one more game, and we've gone a good two hours extra, (laughs) more than we planned to, and I missed that about Halo Multiplayer, and I'm really glad that we got Infinite uh, earlier than we expected.
2: Yeah, it was a big surprise drop when they announced the 20th anniversary of Halo and Microsoft and Xbox were like, surprise, the beta for the multiplayer is out today. You can download it and start playing, which I thought was really great of them to kind of get ahead of their campaign launch, which is out now. It seems that people are very excited about it. You guys can, of course, check out Brittany's review if you've missed it when we published it and... Um, I think that's awesome I think multiplayer games are a great reason to stay up late especially if you're in the zone oh yeah vibing Mm
0: -hmm. and and also playing with your friends big team battle oh gosh (laughs) I forgot about that yeah you're right Halo Infinite yeah
2: we play lot Of zombies together,
0: oh, yeah, this year, right? Blood, we played a lot.
2: Well, I think we only did a couple sessions, but like Call of Duty Zombies, we did a lot more. We did a lot of that,
0: we did, we did. And what got you hooked about it? Because at first, you're like, I don't know, zombies, really? (laughs) And once you started playing, she's like, Oh man, this is all this game is really good. So, I think
2: it in. Not in my defense, like in my ignorance, I hadn't played for a long time. I think I hadn't really revisited Call of Duty Zombies since like Black Ops 3, maybe, or Black Ops 2, even potentially. I mean, like when I say it's a long time, it had been a long time. And I think previously, my multiplayer experience was just one of frustration because I didn't have a crew. right? I didn't have a group of people who would come with me or in this battle, um, who would come with me and play. And I think that that's so essential when you're playing a co-op-focused game like Call of Duty Zombies. And what they did for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War with zombies, I thought was really great. They instilled some new mechanics. They made the progression a little bit friendlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just really had really fun playing with you guys and with Khalif. so.
0: Which do you prefer? You prefer the traditional zombies or... Or the open world part. Like those two versions. I prefer the old one. I feel like the Uh, open world is a little bit too slow. The linear,
2: more objective-based one felt like you were making more progress, felt more like a traditional horde mode. Mm -hmm. But I like what they did with the open world stuff. Clearly, they put a lot of time into development of Warzone, so they're like, hey, if we have this technology that we've built for our Battle Royale, why not try it out in our other most popular part of Call of Duty, Zombies and... I think it worked for what it was but i also felt like we were just running around a lot of the time looting stuff and not really making a lot of progress progression
1: so Mm -hmm. that was was it die machine or not die machine d machine (laughs) a or or the one where we actually got to a final boss and felt like oh maybe there's a way to win zombies but we never actually took it down
2: nope it was too (laughs) difficult we died at the end uh it happens you know you get to the to the final boss at least it wasn't didn't feel as Punishing as like a roguelike does when you get to the end and then you die. That's True. A- uh, rough. Rough chuckles. What, Brittany, oh. what was your game of the most sleepless nights? Parenthood. Oh, oh. That's, that's a <laughs> cop-out, but I, I'm with you. I know. I also think that uh, this is a thing.
3: You were describing it to a T, Andrea, when you were describing the category. <laughs> um, I have a few. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind is Lost Judgment. Because there's just so much content to do in that game, because you have this whole side section of the school and you have all these school club activities that Yagami can progress in, and there's actually a whole narrative tied to the school stuff. So, like, that was really fun. But unfortunately, I started playing that after I had my kid. So, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like that thing. It's like, do I wanna stay up till 4 a.m. playing a game or do I actually wanna try to get two hours of sleep tonight? Who could say? But the game that came out before I had my child that took up so much of my time was Outriders. I had so much yeah. F- yeah, so much fun playing that with Jason. And we were, you know, up till usually two in the morning back when you could do that, you know, playing games and knowing you could sleep in the next day if you needed to and catch up on that sleep. Oh, God. But what I loved about that was the multiplayer in the sense that you could basically. Based on your class, you know you could vibe off of each other and string together some fun combos, and just the gameplay was just so so much fun. So that took up a lot of my time, and the other one that I—they're all kind of like different. I know I'm only supposed to pick one, but the other one I have to give a shout out to because it kept me sane those first weeks of uh, after I had my kid was fucking Metopia. Of all games. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> wow. Right? I was not prepared for you to say this. I, okay. I was, yes, I know. But the thing is, it's such a silly, lighthearted, happy go lucky, dumb, and I say little game, but it's not. And that's ultimately why I stopped playing it because I heard that this game is like 40 to 50 hours long. Can be. Wow. And I was like, I can't do this because it's so repetitive. But that also was just something I would like just pop on the Switch and just play for a bit. But if I had to pick just one, it would have to be Outriders. It was a fun one. Good pick. Thanks. You know,
0: I think that was the biggest surprise for me was Outriders. Right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, That was was a really fun game.
0: Even though it was like bugs here and there, but it was fun. I feel
1: like there is very
2: rarely a game that launches polished to a T, right? Almost every game gets a day one patch now. And games that have multiplayer components and open world components are particularly prone to technical problems. And we just don't get a lot of standalone single-player narrative games that can be fully polished going into launch. And even if they can be, they rarely are because dev teams have the luxury of being able to work up until launch day on code and then can you know resubmit the code right before it goes live.
1: Absolutely. Which is
2: clearly just a difference in game making in 2021 mm-hmm. than even like five years ago.
1: Unless you're Nintendo.
2: Well, they are the king of polish, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> but even they have been slipping a little bit. yeah.
0: With with what? What was like the last game that they slipped?
2: The had the head bugs? Yeah, the head bugs. I think I remember the game the the last Yoshi game that came out, I think had some bugs in it.
0: Hold well, on, the one, let me double check. check. Uh, the World? one that I think they've been slipping is the Nintendo Switch Online uh, they <laughs> added Nintendo 64 games in there. That's been tough.
3: That whole thing's a awesome. awesome. whole we'll over yeah. to yeah. Yeah.
1: People switching over to their new OLED saves. Uh, that's
3: oh, been, that's yeah. been rough. Pretty
1: difficult one.
3: The last bug mm-hmm. I remember seeing in a Nintendo game was in Luigi's Mansion 2? The new one. I think it's a 2 or 3. I think it's 3. 3. 3, yeah. And Luigi three, just yeah. fell through a floor. And I was <gasps> like, you never see <sighs> that shit in Nintendo games." No. So when you do, I was like, oh, it was like a rite of passage. <laughs> I don't know. I got really oddly excited about it. Because, yeah, like you said, like you just don't see that shit. It's true. Yeah. So Metroid Dread
2: had a pretty big bug in it, a game-closing bug, and then also Animal Crossing has had oh. several, oh, yeah, of course. several sure. bugs. Mm-hmm. Um but again, that's a feels like more of a live service game for them, multiple components. They still are relatively, you know, bug-free. Yeah. Bug-free, the most pol- the most
1: polished of polish. As polished as one could be, I guess. Mm,
2: yes. In in an era where, you know, you kind of overlook Little things. As long as it's not game-breaking. I think we can all agree, like, it's just, you know, part of working and playing in an interactive medium. The um, future. I don't... I'm with you, Brittany, that it was an interesting year as far as, like, what's the game of the most sleepless nights. Um, I don't think Zombies was my game of the most sleepless nights because I didn't play it enough for it to qualify. I think Animal Crossing is still that game for me, at least pre pregnancy um or excuse me pre-birth i should say while i was still pregnant earlier this year when i you know had time to play games (laughs) um but post my baby's arrival i just really was on my phone and the two things that i played a lot on my phone um have been lego star wars battles recently and this um, Happy Color coloring app, which isn't even a game. It's just like a relaxing <laughs> coloring app because I could just, you know, sit there quietly
0: yeah. doodling
2: on my phone. Does TikTok count as a game? It you should. You know, Ran, I wish TikTok counted because <laughs> quite honestly, that's, that's what I've been doing the most of. <laughs> sleepless nights, shout out to TikTok. <laughs> scroll. And it's interesting how my algorithm has morphed. Over the last six months, how it like started out really heavy with the pet videos, like oh, yeah. lots of dog and cat videos, and lots of gaming content, and then slowly went down like a cleaning TikTok <gasps> rabbit hole. Ooh, um, yeah. And then I've somehow pivoted to like home improvement TikTok. <gasps> yes. Um, and now I'm in crafty TikTok, <laughs> um, and I've also found ADHD TikTok, which has been, ooh, like I feel really seen by all that content, because...
1: Mm-hmm. ADHD TikTok is very aggressive. Yes. Yes. It's out there. Yes. They'll, they'll try to get you even if you're not part of that group.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just like some of the videos I watch are people making content about like, this is how I am. I, there's other people out there that understand (laughs) that I'm broken in this weird way. Um, it's, TikTok is a whole thing that I never thought that I would get into because I was convinced that TikTok was going to flop when they announced it. He still doesn't want to download the app.
0: I don't mess with TikTok. It's overtaking it like Instagram it like Dick, as the yeah. biggest
2: social media platform. TikTok to is Instagram. It,
0: so. But she's always sending me links like, hey, check this video out. Yeah, because like, they're oh, great. All you have to do is watch him, Danny, and
3: you're doing your part. That's all you got to do. Just watch oh, every... No. When you're... In, in, what? <laughs> what? in Danny's defense, Brittany, Uh-oh. Rihanna sends
2: a lot of
1: tiktok videos yeah she doesn't
2: just send one here and there every time i open tiktok it's like messages from rihanna 27
3: (laughs) and that's me holding back okay Okay, i feel you i feel you okay that's I'm not going to touch that situation.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to curate for you. This I appreci- is a gift I, of love. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> That's great. So I don't have to scroll through all of TikTok. You do it for me. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let's keep moving on to the next award. This is a fun one. The Best Villain oh. of
0: 2021. Uh, well, Brittany, I think, we, yeah, what's her name this, from uh, Oh, absolutely, Resident yeah. Evil? This is
3: easy. Lady Dimitrisque. That- Dipping
0: there you go. That's there you go. 100%, 100%. Mommy best milkers. Villain.
3: Miss, I love and her. hottest
0: villain, too. Oh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Is there a category of people yeah. I want to bang? I mean, literally, like, she is the fucking best. No, I I really... I wasn't anticipating Lady Dimitris taking off the way she did. And maybe I shouldn't have a good pulse on, on the, commu- the gaming community, the horny-ass gaming community. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, like, she really did. And I think what's just really fun about the whole situation is she's just unlike any really villain we've seen before. You know, she's this tall, statuesque, very poised, very elegant vampire mommy. And her voice actress, Maggie Robertson, just actually won Best Performance as Lady Dimitris. And I think it's so well-deserved. And she's just such an interesting character. And I was really disappointed when... Okay, I know we're doing spoiler-free. I was really disappointed when we didn't get as much time with her as, I think... As we, an- criminal. as we anticipated, right? It was right? criminal. And I think what no. happened was she was shown to the world. Everyone fell in love with her assets, and then Capcom was like, "Yo, <laughs> like let's really lean into her and like re- let's really make her kind of like almost the face of the marketing." Who cares about Ethan Winters and whatnot? Who cares about Chris Redfield? It's all about Lady D. And then when she was kind of you know taken out of the picture a little earlier than we all thought, I thought that was kind of crappy, but. Um, either way she was very memorable and I hope when we have this DLC we have this DLC coming up we don't know what it entails but I really hope it's maybe a deeper look into who she was before the events of Resident Evil Village because as you're playing the game and you're reading all the logs that you find throughout the game it does give you some extensive back history on her and it'd be really cool to see that manifest in terms of gameplay. So, like an origin story Yeah for her? exactly. Lady D. That would be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was very disappointed. I 100% agree with you. I feel like it wasn't uh it was very very short that experience with her. Mm-hmm. She was creepy. I, I, was, <laughs> oh, I was all yeah, over right. <laughs> Super creepy. Yeah, I think she yeah, she was my favorite villain in that whole game. It mm-hmm. was really really good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: Did you all see the mods where somebody made her hat get bigger every time you see her? No. no. <laughs> have,
3: her nah, hat I've just never. takes up the
1: entire span yeah. of the room you're in. It was so good. <laughs>
3: Really I love good.
1: Modder so
2: much. I saw the
3: one where her face was Thomas the Tank Engine, and that one was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> terrifying. terrifying! Oh, it was absolutely terrifying, but it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> that sounds horrible.
0: You know, originally I thought she was like the main main villain right? the whole game. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and that's that's again. I think that's the messaging that Capcom really leaned into once they realized how popular she was. But it sadly, just wasn't the case. But either way, we do got it. Do you think her. it was
0: a? Hmm? Do you think it was a mistake? Uh, <laughs> Of them promoting it like that? No. Or they should have also promoted other characters too, other villains. No,
3: because in my opinion, I think she's the best one. And I I mean, look how popular mm. she is, right? Look at Maggie's award she just got. And I feel like for a Resident Evil voice actor, who's not even one of the main protag- or yeah, protagonists that we've had throughout the entire series to win an award like that, it might be a flash in the pan, but I think it worked really well with them. So... I think
2: in order to properly have that conversation, we would probably need to spoil Mm -hmm. quite a few of the events that happen in Resident Evil Village. And I'd prefer to not do that for people who haven't played because it was one of my favorite games of the year. And if you haven't checked it out, highly recommend it. It was a great game. Um, but it's hard to talk about Vessel and without mentioning Lady Dimitris. I wanted to give a nod to Giancarlo Esposito's yeah. um, okay, character amazing. from mm-hmm. Far Cry 6, but I honestly just didn't get enough time with that campaign to really see the true depths of
1: depravity that his character goes to throughout that whole narrative. Yeah, you also don't get a ton of time with him in the game. Like, obviously, Far Cry is another open-world series, and you spend most of your time like with your animal companion, and you hardly see him by comparison mm-hmm. sounds like he might have been very expensive to mocap
2: <laughs> <laughs> just put yeah. him in a couple scenes boom yep. <laughs> strategic use um so i think we can probably just leave it lady lady d as the best villain of 2021 and move on oh, to yeah. the best fictional world we got quite a few different types of video game worlds this year i think Around the conversation of the Game Awards and the nominees, we all just kept going back to this idea of how diverse the genres and the nominations were across very many different kinds of video games. And I think that means that we also get a lot of different kinds of worlds video games. Rihanna, what
1: fictional world stood out to you this year? Uh, Without a doubt, uh, the world in Psychonauts Mm. 2. And it's not just one world. That's what's so amazing about it. Uh, without getting into spoilers, in Psychonauts 2, you explore many worlds within a people's minds, and everyone's mind is specific to whatever is at the forefront of their personality or their thoughts at that time. So if somebody is thinking about gambling, you'll see casino elements in their mental space. If there's somebody who's thinking about traumas in their past life, maybe you see bottles from things that they they were dealing with and drinking problems. It, it, it's just so creative and. So interesting for a platformer to go there that I I just couldn't forget any moment in that world and uh, was my my favorite experience for sure in any fictional space was in Psychonauts too.
0: Yeah, and one quick story, there was a part in the game that also re really got emotional playing yes. it too. So yeah, so. just Again. one. Huh? Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> 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 Try not to do
1: too many spoilers. No. But yeah, some of the some of the artistic representations and enemy manifestations about different things you deal with and mental health triggers and and struggles that people go through it, it was very real, but it was very accessible and it made the conversation easier to have. And it was a conversation I had not really had with Danny or other people in my life before. And because of Psychonauts 2, I was able to do it. And mm-hmm. It, that will always stay with me, like, forever.
3: Wow. I love that. Video games, man. Yeah. They can be so
2: healing. Also, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. Danny, was there a world that you really fell in love with this year?
0: Uh, Psychonauts 2, of course. But I also want to mention uh, this other game. Apex Legends have been mm. adding some great content, right? Like, Absolutely. Great, great content. And two different maps, too, this year. So... I go with that too. Yeah, I just love the the design and everything. The changes they made, uh, respawn made in the game.
1: Yeah, I think Apex is doing a fantastic job with new maps, especially in the battle royale category. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a free game, continues to be completely
0: free. Yeah, I love it. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Great experience.
3: I think for me, the fici- best fictional world would have to be Sea of Thieves, a pirate's life. That little expansion Ooh, there. Yeah, I, mean,
0: I forgot about oh, that. that. That was 100%. great. 100. Yeah, it was. It was so good. So
3: magical playing that. I mean. We've been cooped up for so I long. swear I didn't pay her to say that. Andrea, no, you're neither, my payments. And neither B&Y. did my Has husband. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> Ed. Hey, see, I was going to bring it up, but now you're just lying to the audience, Andrea. No, but seriously, <laughs> she um, Yeah, I mean, we've been cooped up for so long. And I feel like just recently now, you know, we're able to kind of safely get out and start seeing people again and do certain things again. And... Um, You know, going to Disneyland and Disney World has been a tradition of Jason and mine for, God, 10 years. We go every year. And this year we had to cancel again because, you know, Delta, blah, blah, blah. And so being able to do Sea Thieves of Pirates Life and experience those levels that were so carefully curated and you have the soundtrack playing in the background, it really did feel like you were almost on the ride. Like you were playing a version of the ride. And that was really cool for us because I think that's the closest we've gotten in two years to actually like kind of reliving that tradition of ours that we've had to unfortunately cancel. But yeah, I mean, that was just so well done and so well crafted. And I wish I knew someone who worked on it because I could give them props, but I don't. So, oh, well. <laughs>
2: if only you could yeah, find someone. If <laughs> only we could find somebody who maybe worked on that to tell them they did a good job. Um, yeah, well,
0: I could say very something. Yeah, quick, of um, Brittany, and also... The way how it played, it it was like, it felt like it was a brand new Sea of Thieves game. Yeah, yeah. Just the experience was just totally different than the previous. It was
3: so nice. You're right. Because that was one of the reasons I never really played Sea of Thieves, because I didn't want to get griefed all the hell. And, you know, when you are in those instances when you're playing, you might come across other players. But as long as you're not in the open sea, you know, no one can just like kill you and take all your shit and run with it. And that was what really got me back into the game. And then we just had fun playing it normally. And it was a good time. So, yeah, good call on that. That's good. Mm
0: -hmm. Great game. Good
1: call.
2: I think one of the games that stood out to me for world building was Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart. Clearly one of the most beautiful games of the year, designed specifically for the PlayStation 5, and it showed just gorgeous graphics, gorgeous animation, all kinds of really cool, fun particle effects, and this idea that you're hopping between all of these dimensions and seeing so many different types of environments within that world. I think Insomniac Games did a really fantastic job, and I was sad to see them not get really any recognition at the Game Awards for how wonderful of a game uh, Ratchet & Clank was. Uh, Same with Psychonauts also. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I wanted to just give a shout out to, to that game... I know it's tough when games are platform exclusive, but they clearly took advantage of the fact that they were exclusive by designing it to maximize the hardware of the PS5. And hopefully, when people can get their hands on PlayStation Fives, <laughs> um, they can more people can experience that game. And who knows? We're seeing a lot of PlayStation games come to PC. Maybe that game will come to PC eventually too.
1: I certainly hope so. It's definitely worth experiencing and seeing for yourself, not just in video.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it felt like the world was alive. I would just stand there and just look around to see what's what's happening in the background. mm -hmm. It was really cool to see.
2: And it's so rare that you get games that have that detailed level of animation Mm -hmm. way in the background because most game engines just can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of resources to have all of those graphics, like the draw distance, be so in-depth. And I think that's what we're really seeing as a marked difference between games released on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 versus the previous generation. Is we're seeing a lot more attention to detail, lighting, textures, and things that I think are only going to get more intricate as we get deeper into the generation. And I'm excited for games to come. Games that we're going to talk about in next week's episode. Ooh. Most anticipated. But moving on to our next award. This is one of our favorite categories that's right. It's best waifu and best husband hey. time. Hey.
3: I couldn't it's come up with a waifu. I'm gonna be real. Wait, you, wait. I just assumed it was Lady <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, like I was, I was gonna pick Lady B. <laughs> she, I mean, uh, waifu. I guess like if I want to be on her loving side, I don't want her to always be trying to kill me. I haven't seen that tender side of her. You know what I mean? Like, True. can she caress me with her long ass claws? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if she wants to snuggle me in her bosom, we can talk. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to Lady D for me.
0: Yeah, double D. Hey, how have I
3: never heard it's that joke right yet? It's just right there. It's just right there. It is. It is. You gotta do it. Huh? Surprise.
0: I mean, in four K, looks gorgeous. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, is it cheating for me to say? Commander Shepard because no. Mass Effect Legendary Edition no. came out this no. year. No. I mean, wife, best waifu I mean, of all time.
0: Fair. I mean, it's fair. Yeah, it's totally yeah, you're fair. A huge, you're a huge fan. I
2: fair. mean, Fem Shep is Bay. And I finally got my uh, Liara. Here, let me see if you guys can see it in my single shot. My nice. Liara and Garrus statues Ooh. from the Bioware store uh, finally came in and I have them on set now. <laughs> Love it. <so>. Love. <sighs> I may have bought one too many things from the Bioware store this year. (laughs) And almost everything was pre-order. So you like you pay for it and you forget about it. And then like it shows up like months (sighs) later and you're like, "Ooh, I forgot. I bought myself a present. (laughs) That's the best. Oh, and I bought myself another present. And John's like, wait, did you buy something else from the Bioware store? And I was like, shut up.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Uh, He
2: supports my habit. Good.
1: Um, What about you two? Any waifus
2: or husbandos?
1: I think for me it'd be Megara from Hades because I, I put a lot of work into that relationship. <laughs> many many hours.
0: Hey, I'm with there with you, Brittany. Lady D, all the way. Yeah, all okay. the way, all yeah. the way. I was. Come on, those memes online got me excited to to check out. You know, in the game. Like,
3: see, it, it worked for you. It pulled she your ass ahead. in. Oh, now and are we also right are we also doing husbando? <laughs> or are we just doing waifu? We're doing both. Okay. Husbando, And huh. this is going to sound weird, hmm. but you got to hear me out. Master Chief. Okay. Master Chief. Listen. No, it's not going to sound weird. He's that an is. iconic guy in the well, universe of video games. And he's, like, so hyper-masculine. Well, yeah, but I think when you think of Master Chief, like, he's this green shell of a human. Because he literally only ever wears his armor. He never has a face. Yeah, 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 except never for the face. legendary edition. And Halo 4 takes it off. Anyway. Um... He – his growth, I think, in Halo Infinite – and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this. Now, who has played the campaign amongst all of us? Just you? Okay. I've watched it. All right. Obviously, no spoilers here. No spoilers here. Um, I think the relationship between him and his new AI companion, the Weapon, really humanizes him to an extent we haven't seen him before. And I think dealing with the loss of Cortana in Halo 4 and the events of Halo 5 – it really feels like he's grown so much as a character, even without the weapons help in the sense that I think he's done a lot of, <laughs> this is just all me just going off with my bad self, but a lot of almost soul searching. Some of the answers he has to some of the questions weapon poses to him are very, uh, uh, I don't want to say human because he is a human, but he's such like a machine type human. Cause he's all about, Oh, you got to do whatever you got to do to finish the job. I'm master chief. Sacrifices must be made. Who's the machine, right? Cortana or him. And so, The way he answers some of these questions, it's like, you've done a lot of soul searching, haven't you, sir? And he's very in touch with himself and his emotions. And to me, I just think that's so attractive when you're a human, a creature, (laughs) anything that isn't afraid of your emotions and isn't afraid to express them and be vulnerable. And I think for the first, not the first time, but... I think more than ever, we see the impact that those games had on him as a character. And he does express himself. And he isn't afraid to admit when maybe he's scared or if he's vulnerable or if he's feeling inadequate. And I was like, you, sir, our husband material, I don't know what you look like underneath that helmet. Maybe you never take the helmet off. It's fine. It's like a tally situation, right? You know what I mean, Andrea? Just leave, just mm-hmm. leave it on. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Just leave it on. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. So Master Chief. I'd, I'd hit it.
0: Great, great choice, and good yeah, choice. you never, you never seen him like that before, right? In the previous, previous games, they yeah, did such totally a different. Good message. job
3: with him. Oh,
0: Love yeah. it, great choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be my pick too. That one also, or Giancarlo, he's a Ooh. badass. Now listen, yeah. Danny, it looks
3: like we're sharing husbands and wives here. We're gonna have to figure this out. <laughs> well, but that's why I have
0: to flip it. That's why I say, oh, you know, I have to pick. John we can Collins. watch
3: out, Reed. We can you know, share custody. It happens all the time.
0: Like, minutes. <laughs> he's coming badass. for you.
3: <laughs> we'll share custody of Lady <laughs> D and Master Chief. I'll get weekends. You get Let's okay. Do it. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 sign the contract and do, you know, we'll talk about that behind the scenes.
3: Custody
2: agreements, <laughs> amazing. Um, I think. Uh husbando, I would like to call it as maybe an untraditional one, but one that I really gravitated toward as a character was Colt from Deathloop. Ooh. And I thought that he was so well played and loved his voice acting and I loved his arc, right? Because you think you know what's going on and then his story like unravels the more you play and... I think it was just such a interesting narrative what Arcane did with Deathloop, and clearly a lot of people have mixed feelings. Some people really loved it on people's Game of the Year list, and other people were like, "I hated it." Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love though specifically about his character is that I think it's really interesting kind of scene where he goes. And I'm going to keep it vague because there's, I mean, huge spoiler territory for me to go, you know, any further. And I think a lot of the fun of Deathloop is the carrot to keep going after what's the next piece of the story. What's the next piece of the puzzle that you're going to unravel and remember as you kind of dig through the world of death loop and figure out like who you are, what's going on really. And you know, what your motivations are to either protect or break the loop. Hmm. I like it. Great.
0: great Good pick. choice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, is
1: it me? Yeah. Okay. If so. you have one, it's okay if you don't. I had to think about it and I just had to look to make sure that I wasn't spoiler to mention this character, but they they've they been in the promos. Far Cry 6, and it's not Giancarlo's character. Oh, it's not Giancarlo, okay. It's actually Juan Cortez.
3: <laughs> oh my God, Juan
0: what? Juan Cortez! And
1: here's why.
0: Wow, he is really?
1: Hilarious, he hilarious, first he is of funny. all. Funny. Always positive, a survivor. He knows how to get through any situation. He's so helpful. I mean, fair. fair. Like, really good energy. Like, I was always happy to see him. He, Honestly, is, he is a great that. character.
3: <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. He, hey, I enjoy that guy.
3: I enjoy him. All that a matters lot. That's yeah. all that, matters the that you, you, have you have to re-
2: enjoy
1: your husband, though. Yeah, plus he hooks you
2: up with Dom.
3: <laughs> look at Daddy's
0: yeah.
1: face.
0: <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm, I'm very surprised. I was not expecting <laughs> that at all.
1: He's <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the
0: game. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> all right. Okay. More power to you. <laughs> I got Letty D. She got Juan Cortez. Juan <laughs> 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 and get dance with her too. Yeah, oh probably.
2: God, I'm <laughs> excited for our triple date. Well, speaking of relationships, let's move on to best friendship. Mm. This is a fun one because over the years we get to look at characters who have kinship in games that really kind of grapple, grapple, mm. uh, grapple, grab. Uh, words. Gravitate. <laughs> um, yes towards you know making you feel something and i think that's a big reason why a lot of us love video games and are passionate about them because they have these deep and rich storylines so best friendship of 2021
1: i mean an easy one is i mean we're talking about halo spoiler free it's gonna be master chief and his new friend the weapon the weapon Mm -hmm yeah that's not that's not spoiler is no. no of course i think, okay. it's, I think it's well known no, that he not, has a not, new
2: ai companion okay it, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i think master chief and the weapons relationship and how it develops and how they discover things together and the way they both react to them and then react to each other mm-hmm. it was really really engaging and i loved seeing that relationship form over the
0: course of the game my god nice. what's his name? i'm trying to look for his name because i haven't played the game in a while the gator from far cry six guapo oh guapo, guapo yes, yes. <laughs> guapo i wasn't 100% sure like is it guapo is it not so i was like searching all right yeah guapo a little gold
1: tooth guapo that's was your bff over way. chorizo over chorizo yes. over yeah, k9000 look
0: chorizo is just cute he's just cute but but he finds guapo stuff is, for you guapo he's uh you know he's he's friendly he's, i mean he's yeah tough. he eats people he got the gold teeth yeah he's,
2: that's friendship
3: right there He yeah, have a cool the, outfit
0: that, that's that's the homie <laughs> we could go anywhere Anywhere across Yara.
3: there. That's a good one. I haven't finished the game, so I don't know if there's an epic falling out or whatever, but I think the banter in Guardians of the Galaxy is just top Mm. tier. Oh, Yes. Right, and so I don't, again, like, Guardians of the Galaxy noob over here, I don't know if they all secretly hate each other, but I love... I just think it's awesome when you have a group of people that you can give each other shit, you can banter back and forth, always have something to say. You don't have to worry about accidentally hurting someone's feelings because everyone knows your intentions are good. Anyway, you know, it's when you, you just feel so comfortable around someone that you can just kind of like mm-hmm. let words fly. And I really get a lot of that in Guardians of the Galaxy. And maybe it's just smart writing, but whatever it is, like I thought that was just really fun.
2: No, smart writing is absolutely what it was. I think that was one of the games that really took people by surprise because I think people lowered their expectations after the Avengers game came out and said, hey, like this is not for everybody. We aren't going to continue to hold games in the Marvel Universe up against their MCU counterparts because it's just not fair, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I think people just went into Guardians of the Galaxy with lowered expectations and came away like pleasantly surprised by how well done that game really was. I mean, outside of like, you know, some repetitive combat, which we can talk about at some other time. I mean, that narrative was really well done. Yeah. I and mean, I think Rocket's the only one of that group that's like not truly bestie bestie with everyone even though he secretly you know is friends right? with them on its on its face he's like super salty all the time right, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. but that's his personality and i think that it makes their whole dynamic interesting right yeah good pick
0: i think i know yours
1: wait i already said mine
0: but that's another one
1: <laughs> did i miss one
0: the dog from uh, Far Cry 6. My K9000.
1: Yeah, K-9, yeah, yeah, that's why when you said guapo, is like, wait, not K9000. Was... Yeah, because
0: he has a, a QR a code. Boy. You can scan it from your phone. And he unlocks, has a QR like,
1: code cool on his dog tag. He was fun. And there's like a little mini yeah. game that you can play with. I didn't know that's
0: that. She, literally, tricks. she was like looking at him for like
1: I was just petting minutes. him for like 20 minutes. <laughs>
0: 20 was just there. Like she stopped the game. She's just messing around with the dog the whole time. I'm like, okay.
1: Because you can play with them.
2: <laughs> and that's
0: even like going like this, like getting the QR code. <laughs> for a fall.
2: That's why they put it in the game, though, because yeah, yeah. exactly. so they knew that people would want to do that. Nah, yeah, love, everyone talks about petting the dog in games. yes. Yeah.
1: I very much want a dog. Um,
2: yeah. I wish I had a more clever answer for this one, but it's really just me and Raymond in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> me on my island with my bestie Raymond. <laughs> hanging out the best friendship of 2021 (laughs) he never asked to leave like all of those other jokers were like I'm thinking about going off and exploring Raymond no Raymond's perfectly happy (laughs) living his life on my beautiful island that I have created for him and is never asking me to leave I'm like that's what a true friend does they don't ask to leave (laughs) people ask to leave my island I'm like bye bitch go ahead go (laughs) you clearly don't understand how great it is on cloud wine (laughs)
1: Cloud Wine is a wonderful
3: place,
2: having been there myself. Go find somebody else's, like, bunk island to live on that doesn't have an amusement park, an Asian-themed restaurant with a Godzilla monster, a cake store. You have a winery. I have a winery with a wine-tasting bar. I have an onsen with dipping pools to go in. I've got a pool on the beach for crying out loud. Oh, my God.
0: How many hours do you have in that game?
1: (laughs) Oh,
2: listen. We're not (laughs) talking about that right now, Danny. We should
0: should have a category of that. Like, how many The most hours. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah. I think it's like 400, she said, or something like that. Something wild. You might want to multiply that by two. (laughs) Oh, 800. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me.
0: 800. Yes. Like No, double. I mean,
3: that's a lot of time to spend with a friend, Raymond, and him not, you know, people get sick of each other very quickly. So that is a very good friendship. 800 hours with someone. Yeah. The only amount of hours I spent with
2: more people is you, Brittany, (laughs) and my husband. Literally, my husband and I have been together Mm. every single day of the pandemic, with the exception of one two week period in September of 2020 when I went to go visit my family and he went to go visit his and we kind of were in our own separate bubbles just for a brief period of time because Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I was like, I need to see my mom. And he was like, I need to see my mom. Yeah. So we separated and went to see our moms. That was before I got pregnant though. But now it's just been all husband, wife, all the time.
1: I love you, honey. (laughs) Please don't get sick of me. (laughs) Have we spent any time? No, you went to a conference.
0: Yeah, that was like, Three days, three days, four days, yeah. That was, that was the longest.
1: Together that felt every other day. Weird, yeah. <laughs> I
2: think a lot of us have gone through that during the pandemic, right? like we have our ride or die crew, you're like your pod of people mm, yeah. that you see. And like the only other person who was in our pod is gone.
3: it's Steimer.
0: <laughs> shout out to Stemer. Uh,
3: shout, shout out to Steimer. I miss you. My little German lover. Oh, she'll come back someday. German All right. German lover. German lover. Wait, what? I called her my German lover. Yeah. 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 They're waifus. Yeah, Steimer. she's my lover, my German waifu lover. Yeah, we send each other little audio messages. It's really cute. Aww, Aww. That's cute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are adorable.
3: <laughs> All right, let's
2: keep this train a rolling. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you may be wondering? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh meals are ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, with their quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes or low prep and easy cleanup options, you can get food on the table quicker so you can spend more time with your family this holiday season. In. They've got recipes like the balsamic and fig beef tenderloin or the pecan crusted salmon that make holiday meals feel special without the high cost of dining out or all those delivery fees. Go for a cozy comfort food if that's more your speed, like the chicken and sausage sweet potato soup for those cold winter nights. Now we all know that the holidays can be hectic, so HelloFresh helps you keep things simple with recipes that cut back on that meal prep and cleanup, so you can spend less time in the kitchen and more time playing video games, obviously. Brittany and I are big fans of HelloFresh. I recently celebrated my 50th box milestone, which means I've made it almost an entire year, but by now it has been an entire year, of living on the HelloFresh Fresh train. And I just love it. I can't imagine stopping it now. We just look forward to getting the box every week and unwrapping everything, putting it in the fridge. And it's really turned my husband into a fantastic cook. I did most of the cooking pre pandemic. Then when we started our HelloFresh last year, he started cooking all the time. And it's great. I got to tell you. I hold the baby, he cooks. It's a great life. <laughs> if you want to get in on this HelloFresh action, go to hellofresh.com slash what's good 14 and use our code what's good 14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's right, you got to go to hellofresh.com slash what's good 14 and use the code what's good 14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts because you guys know, you've been wanting to try America's number one meal kit for yourself, but make sure you use our URL so that they know What's Good game sent you. The next set of awards I feel like we kind of maybe get a little bit more fluid because some of these awards I don't feel like are going to quite fit with what happened this year gaming-wise and also our gaming experience-wise. So, Brittany, I want you to kind of cherry-pick some awards that you would like to talk about.
3: Oh, Oh, Lord have mercy on my soul. Okay, I think this one's always very interesting, and that one is the most emotionally devastating moment. So, what part in a game just kind of crushed you maybe it was because we had most we have most agonizing choice here but i don't know i feel like we can just loop them together andrea what do you think yeah so this is every
2: year we get to this award we're always like it's so hard to talk about the games we want to give these to without having major spoilers and some years we do talk about spoilers and some years we don't and i guess it really would depend on what you're
1: picking this year. Okay. I have a spoiler free pick I could.
3: Okay. Oh, okay.
1: Ooh. All right. For me, it's gonna be Hades. And the moment is, of course, the first time you lose to the final boss. I won't get into any more details other than that on the the how, but the the what I felt, because I got so close and I got to the the third stage mm-hmm. <clears throat> of that fight. And you know the health bar was like this big, and I had no more stamina. And I'm just like running in slow motion away from this stupid little ad, and it just got me right in the back of the head, that's and I died. That's Aww. like that's that is devastating. Oh my yeah. god, it was a nightmare. And I I deleted the whole the whole thing. I just shut down the game and went away. You were like controller throne game. Like, I can't do it. Over.
2: <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Unplug throw it out the window it was
1: horrible and i played immediately the next day
0: <laughs> yeah course. for me um thinking about it right here with no spoiler free of course
1: <clears throat>
0: playing halo infinite campaign in heroic oh. god it's the game is tough <laughs> yeah really tough and now it, the, even the enemies are like a lot lot smarter this time and uh, i think there was like a one of those mini bosses uh somewhere around the map. And it took me like a good 30, 40 minutes to trying to figure out how to beat it. It was very annoying. Mm. <laughs> I was so pissed. Okay got very, you angry right, right. Brittany was it like that for you too because it is tough but, see, right see first of all I, I don't mean? play
3: on that kind of difficulty sir let's be very real here now we're baby <laughs> as baby, yeah. baby, we're as baby baby, as baby <laughs> let's make it very right. clear I need happy experiences in my life you know no um
0: to though <laughs> but even playing normal <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Normal. playing normal is no, still hard it's yeah.
3: not a, no it's not very you're right it's not an easy game um, I have I have two one of them's kind of silly one of them's more serious but I'll keep them both spoiler free and brief so the funny one I say funny people are going to think I'm evil for saying this so and it takes two <laughs> there, and this game somehow won Best Family Game at the Game Awards. That's a whole conversation for probably next week with Andrea and I. But yes, we have to oh talk boy. about that. Um, <laughs> there is a scene, because the whole idea of It Takes Two is you are a mother and a father, and you are trying to remedy your relationship with one another for the sake of your child. And that in itself is just kind of flawed. But anyway, um, there is a, you're and, and you think you need to make your child cry, and, because you think that the tears of your child will save you. Long story. Anyway, so in order to make your child cry, you quite literally murder your child's favorite toy, which is a very, like, adorable elephant named Cutie the Elephant. And it's almost a five-minute scene of you literally, like, tearing this animal from limb to limb, and it is suffering, and it is the most, like, brutal, fucked-up thing ever. But it's also kind of funny if you, like, look back and think about it. Uh, So I would say probably Cutie the Elephant's demise um the other thing i said i was keep that spoiler free oh well not that bad um the other thing we've talked about that the The (laughs) other one is actually uh from a game that i feel like people don't talk about a lot and that is bloober teams the medium and i remember when this game came out gosh was that like in february i feel like it was early yeah okay it was feels like forever ago um there is a moment early on in the game this is probably within the first like 10 to 15 minutes, and you are a medium, and you help people pass from death into the afterlife. And the main character, Marianne, um, is just going about her business, and it's her foster father's... foster father, but like I feel like that's not the right, right way to describe it. It's basically the man who raised her ever since she was a little girl. Truly loved her. She truly loved him. She's getting ready for his funeral, and she comes across him when he's stuck between, you know like death in the afterlife. And so she's trying to like console him and he doesn't quite understand what's going on. And he's asking her questions like, are you crying my child? What's wrong? And man, why am I so cold? Gosh, my head just isn't thinking straight. And he doesn't realize that he's dead. And She has this moment and she's like, you know, everyone wishes that they could have like that final moment with their loved one to say all the things they wanted to say and get everything off of their chest. But she said it's still just as hard. And I just thought that was a really interesting thing because I know we've all probably experienced loss in our life and it just really hit home at that point. So it was so well done. I wasn't really a huge fan of the rest of the game. But when it came to narrative beats that just kind of hit like that, that was definitely something I still haven't forgotten. And I was very pregnant at the time. So like that says something. Because my head, I don't remember much of anything. Pregnancy, <laughs> pregnancy brain pregnancy is brain. Real. Yeah, so the medium, like, that was a really good scene.
2: It was interesting when I was looking at this category because I couldn't help but immediately think... It's hard for me to focus on an emotionally devastating moment that I had in a video game when I had a couple really emotionally devastating moments IRL for myself this year mm. uh, which I definitely don't want to go down a rabbit hole and talk about because then I'll just start blubbering um, but the thing that I wanted to mention because it happens in the first episode and so it's and I'm not gonna say exactly what it is to keep it spoiler free for people who haven't played but of course, to be expected from Life is Strange True Colors in the first episode, there is like a really in your face, crazy narrative moment that happens that I'm not surprised at because Life is Strange is known for really gut punching you um, with characters. And it happened. And I, I think I was just not ready for it because they had really set up this one character in a way that I was really looking forward to seeing how their relationship with the other characters really progressed and then something happens to this character which i won't say and i'm like i was like i can't believe they did that Uh, why did they do that thing to that character and so if you guys have not yet played life is strange true colors i have to recommend it of course because it's a wonderful game and we at what's good games have done a lot of work with the life is strange teams both at deck nine and don't nod over the years and just are huge fans of that franchise and, you know, take with that a great assault if you want, but I feel like it's objectively considered a good game. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're
1: known for the, the snot bubble crying scenes yes. for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's not all the feels, <laughs>
2: <laughs> even though I did say overall, there weren't as many of those moments in the game across all five episodes as there are in previous installments in the life of strange franchise. I felt like there was a couple Big gut punch moments, but overall, I felt like it wasn't as emotional of a journey as Life is Strange 2 was, and of course, the original Life is Strange, like, whoa, episodes 4 and 5 really, like, yeah. went places.
0: You know, I, I think uh, Echo 216.
3: Ah. And
0: Halo Halo Infinite. There's some moments there that I'm like, mm. a little emotional. I'm not going to oh, say Oh, yeah. I, I think like, I
3: know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, You know, one. Yeah. Right in the beginning, uh, the game, you know, about his family. And um, and then later in the game, he's also speaking in Spanish. I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen that in Halo. You know, somebody is speaking Spanish. So that was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, he, he said something very quick. It's nothing long. But, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Gave us props. Hello. We're here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it might be interesting to talk about, like, a, of all time one of these days. The most emotionally devastating moments of all time. Of yeah, all time. And then we'll pick fun ones too to Oof. like wipe the palette clean after that. Uh, yeah. that could be like fun. funniest
2: we'll do funniest moments and most emotional back to back. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think the internet came up with some really good ones when that meme of Boo from Monsters Inc. was going around with her sobbing holding the PS4 controller. Do you guys yes. remember that? Yeah, I
0: remember. That moment yes. yeah, where everybody
2: that. was like, responding with, like, the moment Mm -hmm. of what she's playing that causes her to, like, have this, like, cry face. Absolutely.
1: There were some really good ones there. I'm thinking of a couple
2: right now. I I may have picked one from a franchise that you happen to be wearing.
0: Oh. Oh, oh, Uh, Same. Let me guess.
2: Mm -hmm. I think everyone can guess.
0: part two? Yes. Oh, yeah. And
2: I got a surprising amount of fanboy slapback. What? Because I didn't pick the moment from Gears 3. That I picked the moment from Gears Two instead. That's a
0: powerful one too. But they both are. But I think Two is more, more. I think it's like more emotional. It depends me. on I, what age you were probably when you played them, you and know? if you
2: played all That's of the true. games. Yeah, yeah. Because the uh, the moment in Three might not be as impactful if you don't have the deep relationship, right? You know, with Dom as a character, as like I think the moment with Domin in two and not to go too far down a rabbit hole talking uh, about no this spoilers. specific moment from Gears of War 2 a game that's like very old now um, is that I feel like that is a universal like emotional emotionally raw moment that anybody can identify with yeah I
0: like. compare that to again no spoilers I know this game is really old Final Fantasy 7
2: oh yeah
0: there's oh. a very uh, iconic scene there that happened yeah. that somebody you know
2: that hasn't <laughs> happened yet in the remake Right? Well,
0: that is true. Ooh. But um yeah, I, I will it that, happen? I compare Gears of War two that moment to that. That's what it reminded mm. me of. Mm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: So I me, mean, I immediately so, yeah, go yeah, go, go
0: after me too, guys. I immediately go to Ori, <laughs> of
1: course, in the Blind Horse. Well, Ori. Oh, <laughs> oh.
3: I immediately go to Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen, but you know, everyone hates that <sighs> game. That's not true. That's not true. No. No. Millions of people. I know. (laughs) I'm just echoing the echo chamber on Twitter. But God, I was bawling. Anyway, I think that's a great idea, Rhi. I think that'd be really fun just to kind of one of these days do a special episode where we just go down like of all time. Yeah. We just like all have a box of tissues at the ready. Let's just be ready.
0: And wine. Have a bottle of wine there just sitting (laughs) there. Oh, yes. If we're
2: going to talk about what made us emotional, we have to have alcohol. Absolutely. (laughs) To like
3: numb the pain or amplify it. But I I really love
1: that because games can be emotional. They can be real. They can pull up true feelings in people and really give us that empathetic connection to each other when we're not able to do it in person. And I think. this year in particular, and last year as well, it's it's been super cathartic, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: I'll mention one, even though I'm not going to be here for this <laughs> one, But, you know, watching Miles Morales' Spider-Man last year, playing oh, that for the yeah. first time, I got emotional throughout the whole game. Because during the, the pandemic, you know, I, I moved over here and I, I was missing my family. And seeing his mom, seeing uh, East Harlem, where my family also lives there, I got emotional. I started crying left and right. Yeah, it, was, it was powerful. Powerful game. Highly recommend it. Go play it. Good, great story.
2: Games are great. They are. Games really are wonderful. And it's getting Wonderful better. things.
0: It's getting better and better. Love it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about best costume Ooh. of 2021. So this can be a character's normal outfit in game. It can be a customizable costume. Okay. It can be DLC, mm. best costume of
1: 2021. Well, we already had talked about Guapo.
2: <laughs> wait, did Guapo have
3: costumes?
1: No, he just had his little outfit. It was so yeah. cute. <laughs> I was
3: yeah. like, wait, could you change it? Mean, wait,
0: Ch- I was
2: Teresa's about to have outfit. my mind blown. And I was like, can you change Guapo's outfit? And I never knew this.
1: Because yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, really jacket. upset. Teresa
0: is there too. But uh, what about like uh, your character in multiplayer for Halo Infinite? Cause I have the samurai outfit. That looks, oh, here you yeah. go. That looks really, really cool. That's pretty. That's cool. an awesome one. Actually, I bought it. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it looks awesome. i like, I, I want to get this. Are
2: one. you apologizing for spending money on a video game?
0: <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm not. I'm just joking. But, you know. Join
2: the club, Danny. You're one of us now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. No, but it, th- that costume looks. Oh, really, I have really to look cool.
2: up the name of something.
0: I there's no, I don't, there's no is there a name for that or? Oh, I'm looking up for me. Oh, I, okay. I'll go with that. I, I think
3: that. for me, um, because I, I kind of struggled with this one. I feel like I've been playing games with costumes, but it's just they're not popping in my old cranium over here. So I think the the one, though, that I do remember is in Lost Judgment. Yagami is a detective, and he needs to go undercover sometimes. And you have, like, certain costumes that you can only bust out when you're going undercover. So I'm looking at the list. Like, you can be a ninja, a bartender, a pilot. You can wear, like, a janitor outfit, but there's a throwback to the first Judgment game where you can be a vampire, where you can literally dress as a vampire. It's like this black cloak, like this bright red undershirt with the collar popped, like all white face paint. And that what are those things that come out? Like all the old people used to wear the white ruffles underneath their chin.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say No, beard. No.
3: Was like, no. it's like the white little fruits underneath the chin, whatever the fuck it is. And you can wear this when you're doing undercover missions. And some of those missions are, like, pretty fucking intense. Like, you know, Lost Judgment has a very, for all of its silliness, and this goes for all of our DG games, I feel like, has a very, like, very deep, deep, like, storyline that tackles a lot of deep shit, even though it can be really silly in the side stuff. Anyway... So I was doing a certain um, side quest and in, not a side quest, a certain main quest, and then there was a main cut scene that was playing, and like there's a death of a character, and it's like super traumatic and awful, and then it pans over to the main character and he's dressed as a fucking vampire. And I was like, Okay, well, I mean that kind of takes me out of it a little bit, but you know, like I'll roll with it. And I did, and it kind of like put a whole like new spin on the whole scene. But so I'll just say Yagami this vampire character costume because it's so ugly and hideous. But you can wear it. Go Yagami. That counts as a it costume. Does.
2: I really enjoyed my time. And it's probably a game I spent a substanti- a more substantial amount of time with uh, than a lot of other games, even though it technically was out not this year, was the expansion, the Eki Island expansion, Ghost of Tsushima from the Director's Cut that came out this summer. If you missed it, I really loved it. I loved my time. It was so wonderful to go back to that world. It reminded me everything I loved about Ghost of Tsushima. And they had some really fantastic armor, including this badass horse armor, Mm -hmm. which really gave you some cool, powerful um, gameplay incentives to do some moves with your horse. But they also, this time around, did some really neat nods to armor specifically Tied to other PlayStation first-party properties, so they had this armor of the Colossus, which is a Shadow of the Colossus Easter egg that you could find on Iki Island, and I just really loved the design of this armor. I thought it was really great. They also had a Ghost of Sparta armor, of course, from um, God of War, and then Yarnum vestments from from Bloodborne, and I I just thought that. The art direction overall in Ghost of Tsushima was one of the standout features of that game. I think that people are drawn to that game because of how beautiful it is. It certainly holds the record for the most screenshots of any game on my consoles. Um, I just kept taking pictures over and over and over again. I couldn't stop. So I uploaded a bunch of them on Twitter one day, but uh, really love the costumes of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Mm. Director's Cut.
0: Can can we also mention... Well, I don't know. Well, Lady D, can can I mention Lady D's outfit? Of,
1: of course, why
2: not? I yeah. think
0: she's she still looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Someone's still about thinking
3: about uh, Lady, Lady Double D. Okay, D, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lady yeah. Double D, of course.
0: Thank you, Cam. Yeah, really
3: right. <laughs> great costume, actually. The hat, the necklace. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yo, looking for the dress,
3: fly. Yo. the booty, especially when the Thomas the Tank
1: Engine
0: mm. piece. What about you?
1: It's hard. Um, it's of course going to be anything from Apex Legends, and it's impossible to narrow it down. So, I, I I would say based on, uh, but Ash, okay, <sighs> it's really really hard. <laughs> it's
0: really hard. I'm very curious, what you're gonna say?
1: I think it's probably gonna be a surprise because you would think I would go with like a Loba skin or something because she's super hot, but it's gotta be Plague Doctor. For Bloodhound, and simply because Bloodhound is Bay. Bloodhound's been through a lot of changes in the meta this year. Obviously, a little bit less effective when Seer came out, and we had another Scout that could also do really good uh, distance closing and like information gathering for the rest of the team. But I gotta stick with Bloodhound. Bloodhound is Bay. It's Plague Doctor. It's got the log nose. Those and are it fun. Looks like very you know. Okay. It's it's really cool. Really really cool. Very creepy. I don't usually like creepy things, but because it's Bloodhound, it makes sense. I like it. Yeah. There's so many good skins in Apex.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's time. what
1: keeps people coming back and spending those dollar-dollar bills. They <laughs> get me every time. <laughs>
2: yeah. You got to make it happen. Yeah. All right, moving on to the game that surprised you in 2021. It can be an indie gem. It can be a triple A. A game that you were just like, whoa.
0: My first pick, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a... Not a great experience with the Avengers game, so I was kind of like, meh. You know, when when uh, they showed the trailer, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be similar to this. And I played it, and it was one of the biggest surprises me. That had the g- great story. Loved the the voice acting, the cast. Er- just amazing. Even the soundtrack, too. Great, great experience. Ugh,
2: the soundtrack slaps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: what, like, it's so good. All like, the, the
2: first yeah. moment you come up into combat and, like, the classic, like, 70s and 80s music like kicks in mm-hmm. it's
3: so good
0: yeah and see you don't need to add multiplayer to every single game I want that single player experience and they did a great job with it
3: mm-hmm. Fair. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say Halo Infinite surprised me and I say that yeah. because I wasn't I think we were all wondering with bated breath right like what is Halo Infinite gonna be what's it gonna look like the first few times we saw the game Obviously, it left a sour taste in a lot of, of our mouths. We know like two-thirds of it was scrapped at one point, And then there was like the development held. And then they brought in Joseph, blah, blah, blah. But for it to all come together, and I think, I think I can say it's like... Is it my favorite Halo game? Favorite Halo campaign? I think I can say that. I think I feel confident Ooh. saying that. Yeah, and I think it's really kind of redefined what the future of Halo is. And if this failed if this flopped i'm not saying halo would be like dead in water of course not but we're all kind of wondering what is the future of this ip and this is microsoft's baby here and i think now just breathing a little easier knowing that i think 343 crushed shit. the campaign i know multiplayer is still being worked on um i was just really surprised that this has the happy ending that it does have Because it's so rare that you see that even when games are delayed. Uh, Granted, they had a whole extra year, and clearly it worked out. So Halo Infinite surprised me.
1: Nice. Good pick.
0: Great choice. Yeah.
2: A game that surprised me this year, we touched on briefly earlier in the episode, was Outriders. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I'm picking this as my game that surprised me, because even though I previewed this game a couple of times before it came out, I just assumed that what I saw was not going to be indicative of the full experience and I don't know why I doubted it so much. Maybe because People Can Fly have never taken on this ambitious of a project before. Maybe it was because the narrative on its face when I saw it in preview events just didn't call to me. It felt like they were just reusing storylines and tropes from other sci-fi games. But when it finally came out, it was so much Mm -hmm. fun to play and so much fun to play with friends. Being able to work together with people, combo your abilities, and they really gave you a reason to grind through certain missions and go back and play that again and as like a lifelong Destiny person, um, you know, grinding is no stranger to me. And so I was really glad to see that they made it feel like the loot grind was worth it. Now, I never actually finished the narrative of that game, but I spent hours going back and replaying missions with friends, you know, when we were all at different levels of the story and just having a blast with it, even dying over and over and over again, still having fun. And I think that's a testament to the gameplay loop and the work that that team did. And I was just kind of sad to see that game die pretty quickly in the kind of overall popularity sphere. And I know it's tough when you have so many new games coming out all at once, but That game actually surprised me in a way that I didn't think it was going to, and I really, Mm -hmm. really enjoyed my time with
3: that. You know, I I
0: agree with you. I'm glad that the game came out on Game Pass. I think that helped get more people to try the game out for the first time. You know, and I mean, the only negative I have is just the weird loading scenes that they show of (laughs) the character, just like okay, let me jump to the. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But that's the only thing.
0: But besides that, the game is so much fun. It's so much fun. And yeah, you're right. Playing with friends, really good. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I think I have two picks, one that people will probably be like, wow, really? You were surprised by that? Mm, Okay. (laughs) And then uh, another one that was a true surprise and maybe hopefully for other people too. The first one honestly was Ratchet and Clank. I had never played the first one or uh, anything really on Sony because I never had a PlayStation until I was an adult. So I didn't grow up with those games. I had no affinity for the series or the franchise at all. And I was pleasantly surprised by how amazing it was like, and not even just as a game, like, like you were saying earlier, the, the development in the visual representation of the, the cities that they were inhabiting and the enemies and like the depth of the combat. It was all oh, very and the guns. impressive. The guns are so cool. It was very experience. impressive. I yeah, so mean,
0: dual sense, I mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah mm-hmm. so in my head, I heard Ratchet and Clank. I pictured like, oh, it's a little character thing flopping around. And it was so much more than that. And, you know, very, very excited to see it, uh, you know, be so popular with the people who can play it. Hopefully, like we said, more people will get access to it soon. Um, so maybe less obvious, but the real surprise for me was Back for Blood. Mm. I gotta say, I did not expect to get so deep into that game. Uh, obviously, Left 4 Dead is wonderful. I don't like creepy stuff, but I do love zombies modes. And, you know, it's hard to get to that Left 4 Dead feeling. I know a lot of games have tried and maybe gotten parts of it, but Back for Blood was chef's kiss, honestly. Like, it, maybe it wasn't like super in-depth with uh, the diversity of the weapons or, you know, like how you use everything. But the card system was super interesting and the way you interacted with your co-op partners. And, and we didn't play enough of it for me to actually get the achievement for winning, even though I did. I got it. it it's the it's game I want to go back to, you know. No salt no. there whatsoever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, not at all. We, I, I really love that back. game. We have to go back.
1: Yeah, I really love that game. It was a pleasant surprise. Had fun playing it. Dropping in and dropping out no matter what console anybody was playing on was super easy.
2: Well, and they've nerfed it now. Yeah. So there was a story that came out. We didn't end up covering it on the show because I didn't know if people were super interested. But essentially, the devs at Turtle Rock were like, yo, we made the game too hard across the board. It was hard. I like that. We overcorrected. We wanted to make sure people had a challenging experience, but we didn't realize it was going to be that challenging for everybody. So they nerfed a lot of things in the game from like uh, special uh, spawn rates and... Um, overall, like, horde sizes, et cetera, et cetera. There's Mm. a full set of patch notes about what they fixed uh, in the game. But it's obviously better post-launch. Every game gets Mm. better the more the devs can get community feedback and polish. But I would think that that game was super fun. I think expectations, again, were high coming from the team that created Left 4 Dead. And I think Mm. people were hoping that it was going to be more of a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead than it actually was. Sure, But I think it's really succeeded in its own way.
0: Why? Why people get mad if a game? is <laughs> Why do people get just, mad? Just ask
2: That's all you got to say. Ask yourself why you yeah. why you yeah. think that there's an answer to this question.
0: No, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Here, here's the thing. Like back in the days, all those games were really tough. I remember playing Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. No saves. You you'll die in the last level. You gotta go and and try try it again from the beginning, always and. I think that was okay for, for me growing up playing games like that with like, the difficulty so hard back then. Even playing Cuphead a, few years, a couple years back, that game was fun. I, I love a challenge. You can't, you know, I mean, you could change the difficulty if you want, but.
1: Yeah, I think that's mostly it. Like, people want options. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but I don't know. I, I, I love Back, uh, back for Blood. Loved it. I love the difficulty. I think I had an amazing time with you and everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, we finished. Well, I finished the, the final boss. I
1: finished the game. <laughs> I just don't have the achievement.
0: (laughs) Technically, all three of you guys died, and I was the only one. We
1: sacrificed ourselves so that you could take our ammo and win the game. Oh, wait, so.
2: You were the only one like alive, uh, alive. at the end from yes. your squad, and so yes. you're the only one that got the achievement.
0: The only one that got that's
2: the a raw deal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> everybody's like, wait, what's that? That's that's, wrong. My that's not my. <laughs>
2: yep. Oh no! Uh-huh. We, yeah. We, then
1: we have to go back and do
2: it. And it, it we took have us to
0: forever back. to get to the final boss. Long us. nights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's re- and it's long. Oh my god, it's, it's a long. long battle.
1: But it's fun. It had some surprising great character moments and like I've laughed out loud at some of the stuff they were saying. I really enjoyed every moment I played that game yeah. except that last one.
2: Yeah. That'll leave a bitter taste in your mouth yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get wrapping up on our what's good game words, but we can't not talk about we have. So I, I think we're going to go with two more and obviously we'll leave personal game of the year for the final. Brittany, how do you feel about our second to the last being best npc. Yeah, let's do it. Ooh. Let's do it. This is a fun category to recognize characters that have an impact on your gameplay experience but that are not playable themselves. NPC being non-playable character. There's just so much wonderful world building that happens in video games these days, wonderful voice acting and writing and this category recognizes those characters that just make your experience that much better Hmm. rihanna has already mentioned a character she enjoyed
1: yeah um but do you have a different best npc i do 21 i do my best boy npc is k9000 but my best npc ooh, this is hard um i kind of don't want to say this one but it's actually just true it's almost like a reluctant appreciation Okay. okay That's for Skelly in Hades. And the reason why, Skelly is actually a, a stand-in for a training dummy when you go in and select the weapon you're going to go into your next runs with but Skelly gives you so much tea on what you need to do in the game, oh. like tips for how to like, like improve relationships, like the types of things you need to do to tweak your weapon to unlock special abilities within each one. Like, Skelly was hella useful and obviously I enjoy that quality in people. So I would go with Skelly, even
3: though he's kind of annoying. It's mm. a good one. It's interesting, a good interesting yeah. choice. Hmm.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'm debating if I should mention Joriso.
3: Because
0: <laughs> Guapo. Guapo, to me, he was like, he's, he always has my back. And I feel like Joriso is like, always will distract the enemy so I could go and attack them. So I go with Joriso. I feel like he, he also has my back, but in a different way than Guapo in Far Cry 6.
2: Yeah. I think I'm going to pick the Duke from Resident That's Evil. That's my pick, baby girl. Oh ah, yes, yeah, because we you? are the same. That's a great, um great. I love this character mm-hmm. because I mostly was so fucking grateful <laughs> to see his ass. I know. <laughs> Because I would be in a really tense moment or I'd be running from somebody or I'd be low on something and then you like see his room and you're like, oh, thank God it's you. <laughs> and I have like a moment of respite where I can you know, go through my inventory, sell him some stuff. And it was such a different experience from my newbie Resident Evil eyes having only played a couple of the games. So Brittany, I'm interested to hear you know your thoughts on the Duke. But what I really liked is that this game, Resident Evil Village, was really spoke to me more as a, an action combat fan, mm-hmm. because the more atmospheric, suspense, horror games are just really tough for me to get through because I get scared, <laughs> <laughs> scary. Um, and so I really love that this game had moments of both. And when you ever you saw the Duke, you're like, okay, great. Now I get to load up on my ammo, I get to upgrade my guns, I get to sell my stuff, and y'all know me, I love me some inventory management. <laughs> Slash, I hate me some inventory (laughs) management. Um, But I thought he was a really interesting character, especially since there's so much kind of left unsaid about who he is and where he came from. There's like a little scraps of narrative uh, throughout the world about him. But I feel like this is not like the last we've seen of his character in the Resident Evil world. And I think, you know, we're going to learn more about him in the future maybe DLC yeah, I mean Who you knows? literally Brittany, I mean what you literally just
3: like hit on everything that I was going to say like it's the same thing he's like <laughs> the only thing not trying to actively kill you in this game and so when you see that big old wagon of his open up and then his big old body kind of like comes out you're like oh hey buddy what's up and like you said he'll buy your shit he always has kind of like fun little quips to say I liked his little throwback to Ari the R E4 merchant and yeah I think some part of his appeal too is like what is the Duke like what is his true nature and, and Ethan actually does, you know, ask him that at one point and he does respond with something and I won't say what that is. But yeah, I think he's just such an interesting character and such a good fit for Resident Evil Village. He's so, he's such an interesting looking dude. You know, it's not like he's just mm-hmm. like this big guy. He's obviously morbidly obese, but he's also like 15 feet tall. It's like, okay, so you're clearly like not a normal human. So what do you bring to this? I am with you, Andrea. I think we're definitely seeing more of him. In what capacity, I think, you know, we'd have to talk about the end of Resident Evil Village, which we're not going to do, but I agree. He was fun. I didn't think I was going to like him at first based off of, like, the first few trailers we saw. I was like, what's your deal? You seem kind of creepy. Why are you popping up everywhere? Are you just desperate for my money? What do you want? But he just brought some sort of charm that I think these this game really needed. So, yay, Duke. Yeah. I really
2: just liked how he play this neutral party in a world where it's like, how do you survive all of these terrifying monsters and creatures that are clearly trying to eat me, Ethan? Uh, But they just, you know, are like, oh yeah, don't worry about the Duke. He's just, you know, he's (laughs) fine. He just, you know. And I know some of that is, you know, narrative conceit. You kind of just got to go, oh, it's suspension of disbelief that we have a vendor in the world. But at the same time, they left specific crumbs Mm -hmm. of information that you could find to be like he has a history, a past. He's got some kind of connection to the evilness that you experience in that game. Yeah. So,
0: you, hmm. uh, I know uh, you said a character that you can't control, and you. And I'm thinking about uh, about uh, Far Cry Six. My choice. I'm like, wait, I could control Ooh. Guapo. You cheated.
2: Right? I okay, wasn't gonna say anything you because you pick kind animal I friends, but <laughs>
0: I'm hmm. so sorry. So now I was thinking, what's the name of the character? where you could go and buy upgrades in Ratchet & Clank that she's like, hey,
2: honey. Oh, house? yeah. What's I did not name? play. That's, I, I'm, I'm Googling.
0: I, that's my choice. I think she's uh, awesome. She's I, I just love... Huh?
3: She's delightful.
0: Yeah. I, I Sam? Very hype. And she, and is
3: that a different Sam? one? That's, that's a different merchant.
0: That's a different one. Ratchet & Clank. But well, that's... Hey, anybody watching this... Please under the <laughs> comments. Sorry, we're all,
3: we're all fake gamers. Up.
0: But there you go. That's my choice. I can't I, right now. I just well, can't you did an anymore.
3: interview with her voice actors.
0: So. I did. It's been a while. <laughs> Isn't that is...
3: the fucking <laughs> truth, though? I'm trying to remember things that I did last month and I can't. I'm like, why, Ms. Zircon? Oh, there we go. Is
1: Ms. Zircon?
0: Yes, Ms.... Yep, that's the one. Mm-hmm. You got okay, it right. There you go. Yeah. Man, you're a pro. I'm telling you, she's a pro.
2: I'm good at the Google. Real time.
0: <laughs> Real time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, she's fun. That's a good. That's a good choice. Vendors are. I feel like you have love hate relationships mm-hmm. with vendors. Sometimes yeah. you get really good ones, and sometimes you get like
0: mm-hmm. ones that
2: are like, I hate you. I don't want to <laughs> see your face.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she hates me up even if I pass, like, I'm like close by her. She's like,
1: hey, honey, come over here. Come, like. It's very, <laughs> very Miss Minutes
3: adjacent.
0: Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll show up. What's up? What do you got? What
2: you got? <laughs> all right, let's wrap up our What's Good Game Awards for 2021 with everybody's personal game of the year. So this is not the game that, you would vote on that you think has accomplished the most or has innovated the most, this is the game that spoke to you the most in 2021.
0: 100% Psychonauts 2. Nothing comes close. Agreed. No other game. Same. It was, I just loved the message. It was fun. It felt like I was playing a Pixar game. Ooh. And the closest to me was maybe Ratchet & Clank. That's it. But this, I just loved the overall message about mental health.
1: Agreed. Uh, Psychonauts too far and above. It's my favorite game of the year. My favorite game of the last several years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will go back and play it re- constantly, mm-hmm. even though I've already beaten the game. I just want to be in that space, and I want to think about the things that the games make me think about, and I, I want to be in that world all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so great.
0: One one common thing that everybody was saying was saying to me um, during the awards, we were like talking about the game, and they were like, "Man, I got a hundred percent," and it. Uh, like, in the whole game, playing mm-hmm. it. And it wasn't, like, them, like, okay, being forced. Like, okay, I got to go back and figure things out. They just wanted to do it because they just loved the mm-hmm. world, yeah. love the puzzles. Boss battles is fun. Yeah. 100% So mm-hmm. And I care job, about the characters.
1: Fun. Like, I wanted to go talk to them after the main storyline mm, yeah. was over. I wanted to, like, check in with them. Like, hey, how are you doing now? Like, because we went
0: through some stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. want to learn more about them, too. Yeah. Yeah oh Mm. 100 absolutely
2: it's certainly a game i need to spend more time with that after hearing several people in my life gush about you know their overall emotional experience with the narrative from start to finish Mm -hmm. um it's on my list it's just as britney can attest like throw it on the pile of things (laughs) that you want to be able to sit down and play from start to finish and that's just so challenging to do so
0: (laughs) understandable take your time
3: which is why this category is particularly it's difficult. It's hard, right? <laughs> I'm thinking there's three games that come to mind. One is actually four. Psychonauts 2. Even though I didn't finish it because, like Andrea just said, bat it to the pile. I played enough of it to be like, this is a really special game. And I wanted to have the time to go back and do all the collecting because it felt good to do it. And like you said, to go back and talk with all the characters. I think I just unfortunately feel so pressed for time right now that i it feels like I don't have that luxury of just like, You know what I mean? Like, I can just focus on one game forever and ever and ever. Uh, Which is why I actually just finished Lost Judgment, like, last week. And... (laughs) Don't get me started on that. So, Psychonauts 2, Lost (laughs) Judgment, and then I have Resident Evil Village, and I have Halo Infinite. And so, like, those are, like, the four games that are kind of stewing in my head. And while I think a lot of people probably expect me to pick Resident Evil Village, I think from a critical perspective, yes, it was a wonderful game. But from a personal perspective... They did some things that I didn't really like. I didn't like all the different areas. You ha- it's not that I didn't like them. I just wasn't as big of a fan of all the different areas you had to go to. I would have rather that Capcom spent their time creating one big Spencer estate or one big RPD again like they did in you know RE2. And so I think the game that I'm going to have to say, I think Halo Infinite is my personal game of the year. And I think what's really interesting oh. about this is that this is the first Halo game I've played by myself because obviously there's no co-op right now. And it really made me see Halo through a different lens because generally, you know, when you're playing with someone else, like Jason and I play them all all the time together, you're not so much focused on the narrative as much as it is just like the fun moment-to-moment combat and, you know, like taking down groups of enemies and exploring and doing whatever it is you're doing with your co-op partner. But when you're playing by yourself, you can really just kind of play it how you want to play it and enjoy the narrative. And I think this is a game where I was really, really invested in the narrative Halo Infinite. Because I wanted to know where they were going with Halo 5 and how they were going to innovate with this, like, big open world thing. And because they crushed it, because I had such a good time with it, and because I was so, like, on the edge of my seat when it came to certain pivotal moments. And I feel like they delivered for the most part. There were a few things with Halo Infinite that I think they could have improved on. Like, I think there were some story beats that were just quickly glossed over that could have made for some really interesting content. But I think I had the most fun with that, with Halo Infinite. So that is my personal goatee never saw that coming last year never would have predicted that one but here we are
2: (laughs) no i mean i think we all know that you've been a big halo fan obviously for a long time we've talked about our anticipation for halo infinite but um it becoming goatee is is awesome i'm excited to finish the campaign uh i remember really loving um halo 4 Mm. and it was my game of the year that the year that halo 4 came out um so hopefully you know can retroactively talk about it um, (laughs) in the new year um it's tough because i think this year's been particularly brutal um on me for a variety of reasons i didn't get enough time to play things uh, because of my multiple hospitalizations and multiple recoveries after that and then of course uh, a small child uh needing to be attended to at all hours of the day and i think that when I look back at the games that I did get to spend time with, the things that really were still impactful for me were, of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons, still a game that was a staple for me as like a chill compress- decompression game that I kept going back to as something that could like calm and center me in a midst of a lot of like emotional turmoil and chaos that we are still in, in the pandemic amid everything else that was going on in my life this year. Um, I didn't spend as much time with that game post birth of my child that I did pre, as I've talked about on the show previously, I just haven't been playing a lot. I've actually just been watching a lot of television because it's something I can do without having to focus, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not to worry about pausing or checkpoints or, Anything else like I've had to like hit the pause button on a TV show, I know I'm not going to have to like go back and watch a cutscene over again and figure out where I was in combat. And that's been a really big challenge for me as somebody who's been working professionally in video games for, you know, almost 15 years now. Like the idea that this is the first time in my life since college, I think, Mm -hmm. that I've taken like a definitive step back from playing games you know, 40 plus hours a week. You know, we talk sometimes about like those classifications of who is the hardcore gamer, or who is the casual gamer. Everybody kind of has like a different hour mark of like, you're casual mm-hmm. if you play five hours, five to 10 hours, and you're hardcore if you play more than 20 or whatever. And because we work professionally in the space, I just never thought about it. I was like, I just play games. It's part of what I have to do for my job. And this year I just couldn't. And it really forced me to kind of step back and go, you know, how much of this do I really need in my life versus how much do I want? And I really did miss these experiences. I still haven't finished Mass Effect Legendary Edition because it came out right when I was in the hospital. And even though my husband was gracious enough to haul my (laughs) Xbox to my hospital room and I did get like one day in, that was it. I got one day of playing in before I just like, you know, succumbed to treatments and, and, and pain and, and then, you know, drugs to numb the pain. Um, and it was just such a weird year for me that it's really hard for me to pick a defining game of the year. It's like, well, I really enjoyed my time with Ghost of Tsushima. I really enjoyed my time with Life is Strange. I really loved my time with Resident Evil. But even in the beginning of the year, it was just, 2021 was just like really hard, you guys. It was just really yeah. hard. So I don't think I have, I don't think it's right for me to necessarily pick a personal game of the year. And I don't know how I feel about that. I feel kind of sad about it, to be honest. Well,
3: I
0: think... Hey, you know, that's, it's, it's part, of that's life, part of life. life, and, and, and I
3: also look at you, though, Andrew, too, yeah. and all that you managed to get through, all that the shit that was tossed your way and all that you've overcome... And if that means that, like, sure you didn't get didn't get to play all the video games you wanted to, but you gave birth to a healthy, beautiful little girl, you know, you came out of your surgeries like a champ. Like, I feel like that's such a win. That that games can mm-hmm. just like it is what it is. Like, let's be real, we love our games, but yeah, it's not the most important thing in the world. I think we've all been very humbled the past couple of years by what really matters <laughs> and what is a fun thing mm-hmm. to appreciate. But that's not, like, on the top tier of, like, health and family and relationships. It's kind of, like, a little lower. Yeah. 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 No, thanks. I appreciate
2: that. And I go back to what friend of the show, Trisha Hershberger, told me about her experience when she gave birth to her son and how that was the year that Horizon Zero Dawn came out. And she just Mm -hmm. played that this year because she was like, I just missed it like oh, wow. it launched the year that I had my baby and like I just missed a bunch of games that year and she's like she went back and just played it when it came out on PC and was like oh my gosh this game is amazing <laughs> and I was like right it's so good
0: yeah one thing though I bet that your community has your back oh they're yeah. they're gonna understand
2: of course you know, so. yeah no but everyone's been incredibly understanding and wonderful and I think I just feel the pressure to always be up on mm-hmm. the latest and greatest thing. And I'm glad that I've still been able to go to some preview events and spend some time checking out games. And I'm looking forward to hopefully having more time in 2022 and not spending almost two months in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, getting to play a lot more stuff because, boy, oh, boy, is 2022 going to be Ooh. quite a year. It's, very think, long. it's a it thick year. <laughs> thick for year, for games. like five scenes. So we're going <laughs> to... Oh yes. God. Just like hold down the C, C <laughs> key on the keyboard. And that's a great segue because we're going to talk about what a thick year 2022 <laughs> is in next week's episode. It is our annual most anticipated. So thank you everybody for joining us for our what's good game awards, 2021. Danny, thank you. Rihanna, thank you. Danny, where can people find Gamertag? Where can people find what you're doing yeah, at G4? Yeah, follow
0: us uh, everywhere on social media. Gamertag Radio. Also subscribe. Um, you know, we're in every podcast platform out there. And also check out XPlay, uh, G4. That's that's my team. So can't wait uh, for future content. We got some cool stuff coming up in the future.
2: And Rhi, what about you? You still uh, posting on Instagram and the TikToks your booty. and all the
3: yeah. things? Yes.
1: Yeah, sometimes. uh, (laughs) A little bit less lately. But (laughs) You know, you launched launched a TV network. You were a little busy. just a little bit. But yeah, I'm always on Twitter, Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R-I-A-N-A Tweets Now. Uh, You can check out G4 stuff at g4tv.com. If you want to go down slash schedule on that website, I update that page personally every week. So it would be great if I could get some hits so that I can afford an intern to put on it because it's taking a lot of time.
2: (laughs) Um, and
1: I think uh, you announced that you're uh, hosting an award show next month. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. thing called the Spawnies with uh, Spawn on Me podcast. Uh, Khalif Adams, of course, friend of the show. Great friend in real life. And uh, my co-host for my first time doing a- an awards Ooh. program. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Tell me a little about it. I haven't heard of this. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, The Spawnies is a little bit different. Uh, of course, it happens after <laughs> a lot of other awards categories, like the What's Good Games <laughs> Awards. But uh, the difference with The Spawnies is that every single person you see on screen will be a person of color from a marginalized community. And we just picked the things that vibed with us, a lot like we did here today. So it'll be a very casual show, uh, lots of fun, lots of guests, people you should probably recognize if you follow What's Good Games or any of the people on it. Lots of friends of the That's show awesome. Yeah, we've announced. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be a good time oh
2: yeah fun. i'm glad you said something so that's coming january 2022 so keep yeah. your eyes on our friends spot on me's account if you aren't already following Khalif um and spot on me you can do so at spot on me on twitter love to see his shout out Aww. at the game awards
0: yeah. so great, great that was a huge surprise i that had was no awesome. idea
2: he that didn't was, tell anybody nope. he kept that well, on the raps. Oh, did he tell him re- re-knew? Yeah, I
0: mean, okay,
2: <laughs> okay, somebody
1: knew, not us.
0: <laughs> not us. We're not cool enough. <laughs> yeah,
1: I didn't know details. It was it was oh a wonderful piece, and it
0: was great to yeah. see that spotlight for sure at the Game Awards. I was shouting shouting him out,
3: yeah, that's my boy, oh, I that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little yeah, freak out so moment in my so living happy. room by myself. It was great with my glass yeah. of whiskey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome surprise. Yeah. Khalif is good so people. Very.
2: Well, we hope everybody's been having a wonderful holiday season so far. Thank you so much for joining us here at What's Good Games. Don't forget, if you want to support us this holiday, patreon.com slash what's good games is where you can do so. And we'll see you guys next week for the most anticipated game of 2022. Bye, everybody.